From deep in the heart of Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast. Brought to you by Texas Fish and Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your host, Dustin Vaughn Warnke, author, outdoor writer, videographer, blogger, speaker, and podcaster. And I'm so excited that you took the opportunity to join our show today. Whether you are listening to us for the first time or you are a repeat listener, thank you so much for doing so. We really appreciate all the support. So today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, and that is hunting on a budget. I, like most of you, like to save money on my hunting gear and other outdoor apparel and gear, and I'm going to kind of break out with this podcast that I do with a friend of mine, Michael Foster, who is also a bargain hunter or a hunter on a budget. We're going to break out all kinds of different ways and places that you can uh, save money in the outdoor world on guns, bows, crossbows, hunting clothing, hunting gear, you name it. So we have a lot of fun in this podcast. I'm really excited about this interview that I recorded with Michael a couple of days ago. When this podcast goes live, we will be officially in the start of the 2016 hunting season, so I'm excited about that. So what brought this podcast about was an article that I did back in 2012 on the Mac and Prowler Hunting Show TV show website, and uh, it was called Hunting on a Budget, Combining Durability and Price. And that article is still up there at macandprowler.com. That's M-A-C-A-N-D-P-R-O-W-L-E-R. You can look at the article section and you'll find it there. And I also am posting this article on Texas Fish and Game's website, fishgame.com. So if you just search for hunting on a budget or budget hunting or anything like that, it should pop up. And I'm also embedding this uh, podcast in the actual post of the article as well. So that's what started all this stuff is an article that I wrote. And I think you'll really like the podcast that we do together with Mike and I about, you know, saving money, not spending all your money on hunting gear, not having any money left over to go hunt, you know, and those kind of things. So here's our here's our interview together. So I'm joined in the studio today with Michael Foster. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing all right. First of all, I wanted to just start off with how we both got started in hunting. I got started back when I was young, but I got started with shooting and target shooting and those kind of things back when I was young, but um, I never really did any hunting, seriously big game hunting and that kind of stuff until I was in my 20s. Um, I had a dad and a grandfather and, and a grandfather on my other side of the family that, that all hunted and fished and everything like that, but we did more fishing than hunting when I grew up. And um, I kind of learned how to hunt uh, on a budget when I graduated college with a mountain of student debt and student loan debt and, um, and a bunch of bills and starting out in the real world with an apartment and life and everything. And um, so I shot my first deer when I was about 26 years old and um, been going strong ever since. How about you, Michael? Yeah, it was a lot of the same. Uh, as you know, I grew up born and raised in Michigan uh, on the western side, and uh, we had a farm. Uh, my grandpa grew up hunting. My great-grandpa uh, grew up hunting. He was originally from Arkansas. Uh, I have my grandpa's brothers were all hunters. My uncle was a hunter. My dad was a hunter, but I didn't really get the guidance that, that most people have as far as their their dad and their grandparents taking them out i was a lone wolf i like you i grew up shooting bb guns and pellet guns 22s and stuff uh my real hunting experience was with a friend from school we'd go squirrel hunting after school but uh as far as deer hunting i didn't really get a deer until i was about 19 uh cool. but my dad was uh, we had a 17 acre farm up there when i 
Yeah, and uh, my dad was busy with work and, and the farm, so he just never really could. He taught me how to shoot, you know, but he just really couldn't take me out hunting. So I was pretty much on my own and had to learn from, from my own mistakes until I moved down here to Texas. And then I started getting guidance from, from friends and from you. Oh, thank you. So, Oh, that's great. So what we want to talk about in this podcast is one of the things that we are some of the things, several of the things rather that we, we, we do to find deals because Michael and I are both bargain hunters in the sense that we like to find deals on quality hunting gear and quality equipment that we go, you know, whether that's at a big box store, whether that's used somewhere on Craigslist or whatever the case may be. So we'll kind of talk about some different ways to do that. The first one I was going to talk about is buying a used gun. If you look at the article that I have posted on Texas Fish and Games website, fishgame.com, uh, if you just type in hunting on a budget, you'll find the article and I talk about looking for a used gun. I think one of the best values for a used gun would be the uh, World War II surplus guns. Um, if you're looking for something just dirt cheap that you can hunt with, with, a, with or without a scope, and that would be the Mosin Nagant. I own five of them, and I talk about that pretty extensively in the article. Um, but I have a video that I have posted in the article on what to look for when buying your first used gun. If you're just starting out or if you're just kind of going back to wanting to start hunting again and, and just wanted to start using a used gun again. Um, I definitely have a video that should help you do some, uh, do some work there. Michael, you recently bought a Savage rifle and tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, I bought a Savage, uh, Axis, uh, 308, uh, it has a three nine by 40 scope. It came with, with the rifle. It was uh, three ninety nine uh, before tax at Academy Sports and Outdoors in Cedar Park, Texas. Uh, I haven't shot it yet. Uh, I'm hoping to go uh, uh, hunting for a hog out at DB Ranch. Well, the one thing that you got kind of a discount on this gun because you bought it. Uh, how you bought it? Remember, you had told me something about you had bought um, the oh, gun. Oh, I bought the I bought the. Uh, the model that was on the shelf that was on the shelf because it, they yes. because they uh currently ran out of out of it so out of that particular model so that's a good deal because you get a gun that has you know a little bit of wear and tear on it from people handling it and you know exchanging it back and forth from, from the counter um but you don't have to pay full full retail for it for a new gun so i think that's a smart way is kind of find the the uh the the store model you know gun and asked to buy that one that's a good way to save a little bit of money on a new purchase and that was the that was the thing that the the guy behind the gun counter he's like well we only have the one that that, (laughs) that's up here on display and i was like well it's not too badly marked up is it and he's no well like one little scratch on it i saw that was it i was like well then let's get the box and get the background check going right no that's perfect that's really good um, and so, you know, shopping in Academy, that's one of the places we like at Texas Fishing Game because we have a great um, relationship with Academy. They carry all of our books and our magazines and our atlas, uh, fishing atlas, and uh, then we run a full-page ad with them in our magazine. And so, but big box stores are good places to find deals because they do what, Michael? They have stuff on? Clearance. Clearance, that's right. They have stuff on sale. So if you go to Cabela's, the Big Bargain Cave is what they call it. Um, Bass Pro Shop has a bunch of stuff on clearance. You know, it's just looking for those deals and looking to find out what those deals are. And also, you know, it doesn't hurt to look at the the paper mailers that you get from the from the mail. Um, to see what deals are around Black Friday or Cyber Monday or, you know, those kind of things. Those just seem like simple, you know, duh things, moments. But I really think uh, that's one of the places I've found a lot of deals over the years. And after uh, after deer season, a lot of things go on, on clearance. I was going to get to that next. That's perfect. 
so yeah that, that's exactly when it, when i start hitting things up is is uh you know around february march when everything just completely starts it, it's been on clearance and then they they end up lowering it down even more just uh, to get rid of it yeah just to get they're just trying to get it out of the store and i i take advantage of that opportunity oh that's great i mean that's perfect that's exactly what i try to do as well is find things after season you know that you're going to need for next season and try to find a good deal on it at a, at a big box store another place you can look for used guns and places like that i mean cabela's will carry used guns i know some of the big box retailers will carry used guns but i like to go to pawn shops that's where i found a um sweet deal on one of the 22s that i own i've given it to my dad since then but I traded a bass guitar amp, and I talk about this in the article, across the counter. I traded a bass guitar amp across the counter for a uh, 22 long rifle um, Stevens uh, model. Uh, black synthetic stock, blue barrel. It was really a nice, uh, nice gun. And uh, I just traded a guitar amp that I wasn't using anymore for it. So if you can get into bartering and trading, there's a lot you can do with either individuals or pawn shops or stores or you know places that take things like that. Pawn shops and individuals like on Craigslist or uh, Facebook groups or something like that. That's a great place to um, to do a little bit of bartering and bartering and trading, which is something that we don't do very much in our culture anymore. I don't think. No, and I mean I I kind of look at a lot of times I'll go window shopping at some of the big box outdoor retail stores like Andermount or um, Cabela's or um, or Bass Pro Shop. We're not knocking them. They're great places to get, um, you know, good gear, especially get it on sale and get it on clearance. Yeah. But, um, you know, I always go to Academy. That's my place. I always yeah. I always go window shopping at the big box stores and then I go to Academy Sports and Outdoors and that's where I buy. So a lot of times that, that's kind of a, a good a good strategy. But nothing against the big box no, stores. So, no. you know, we're not saying that at all. So I like I say I talk about the Mosin Nagant in the article um, about I I also own an FM Belgian Mauser chambered in 270 that I bought at a pawn shop one time I traded an old Yugoslavian Mauser that had actually gone up in value from the time that I had purchased it to the time that I had owned it traded it across the counter for for a nice looking uh, had a couple of you know a little bit of wear and tear on a couple of dents and scratches on it but a nice looking FM Mauser and it even came with a scope and it was already sporterized for hunting and I just swapped out the scope on michael's hunting with that gun before um i mean that's just a great deal when you can find a deal like that and i have like i said a video on what to look for when buying a used gun the do's and the don'ts you can find on youtube on my youtube channel or you can find it on uh, the article that i have at fishgame.com on uh, hunting on a budget so another thing i talk about in the in the uh, article is is how to look for a used bow there's a lot of good things out there on your facebook groups or your craigslist or your um you know, your, even your Ebays and that kind of stuff. But there are a lot of things you want to do, especially if you're new to bow hunting and, and buying a used bow. You want to make sure you inspect the bow in person before you purchase it. That's something I think that's a really big paramount thing. And we've talked about what to look for in a used bow in the back uh, episodes of this podcast. I want to say it was episode 14 or 15 we had uh, where Bill Henson and I unpacked what to look for in a used bow. If you want to go back and listen to that podcast, it's on this show and on this channel. Uh, you can do that but um, you know you want to definitely look at the cams you want to look at the riser you want to look overall the same same rule goes for the crossbow you want to look overall at the fit and finish of it because you know we say this in rifles too if it if it looks as rough as a knot in jail you know on the outside it's probably the parts that you can't see are not as pure as a driven snow you know does that make sense yeah <laughs> you know i mean i just i kind of think that um that you you know you see the way somebody is taking care of it have they left the uh 
had they left the the bow in the car you know for hours and hours out in the texas heat or have they taken care of it and babied it and everything like that you can see pretty quick what you're getting into and if you're any any confused at all about any of that if there's any confusion i would always go and buy a or go go and, and take a gun to a gunsmith to look at or take a bow to a pro shop to go look at before you make that purchase yeah and i would also uh, like to add in you know if, if you're a uh you're new to the, the sport of bow hunting, whether you're buying a, a recurve or a compound or a crossbow, uh, and you don't know what to look for, I would take somebody, if you know somebody that, that is big into bow hunting, I would definitely take them with you. Right. You know, if just, you can't take the bow or the gun somewhere, you know, you can at least bring somebody with you that knows what they're looking at. And I have a video on what to look for when buying a used bow on my article as well. So you can check that out as well. So a lot of fun stuff there. So I also talk in the article about um, on bow hunting, back on bow hunting again, broadheads. One of the favorite broadheads that I have is Grim Reaper broadheads, and Michael's had an experience. He's, he's pumping his fist in the air. He knows what I'm talking about there. He's had good experiences with these. The reason love I bring them. these, yeah, you love them. Um, the reason I bring these up is because they're extremely durable and they're easy to rebuild. So when you're looking at hunting with a bow for, and that's something I want to talk more about on these podcasts, is is get more of our fishing game community into bow hunting or even crossbow hunting. Um, look for a broadhead that's going to be durable that you can rebuild over and over again because a typical premium broadhead is what, like 39 bucks for a yeah. pack of three and a practice broadhead? At least. At least. Or 45 or more. Uh, Grim Reapers come out with uh, with a pro series now. They come four packs to or four to a pack plus a practice tip, and so. But the ones that I get are three to a pack. But basically, after you shoot that um, that Grim Reaper, the um, the the broadhead ferrule itself, the middle portion of it, the the base of the broadhead, if you will, the center portion. As long as it doesn't bend, you're good to go again. You just have to replace the blades, and uh, and you're shooting away. I lent uh, one of my crossbows to one of our friends, and I also lent a crossbow out last season to Michael. And, um, you know, both of them had great success with rebuilt broadheads just because all I did was re- replace the blades, made sure the ferrule was nice and straight, and you'll be good to go again for many times. I've shot deer four times with the same broadhead as long as I've rebuilt the blades. you have anything to say about that, Mike? And they're such a great broadhead. I've killed three does with, with uh, Grim Reapers right now, and not one of those deer have gone over 30 yards. <laughs> That's a good testament to that broadhead, too. And we're not just saying Grim Reaper's the only broadhead that you can do these kind of things with rebuild them correctly and that kind of stuff but i mean we are saying that it is a paramount you know importance that if you can get away with rebuilding one broadhead a couple of times whether it's a muzzy or a rage or anything like that any kind of broadhead that you can replace the blades um you know you want to go forth and and do that and make sure that it's something that you can uh, use over and over again and grim reaper is one that i definitely know that i can use over and over again uh that's a good way to save money so that's why i bring that up on a budget hunting podcast (laughs) so uh the other thing do you have anything else to say about that okay all right um, the other thing I was going to bring up is day hunt ranches. And this is something that's kind of close to my heart. I've been selling hunts for DB hunting ranch for, uh, over 10 years now this month. And, um, they're a great, uh, guide and outfitter. They're a, uh, day hunt ranch. They basically sell the animals that you want to hunt by the, um, by the you know by single animal if you want to come shoot an axis doe you know that's what you pay for if you want to shoot something else while you're on that hunt you can certainly pay to do that um but they're a good savings because instead of spending five thousand dollars for a lease you can go spend you know uh uh, less than a thousand dollars on shooting a a red deer hind which is three times the size of a white-tailed deer 
and uh, get your meat for your freezer without having to spend a lot of money on a lease. You know, we all know the cost of hunting leases are ridiculously high now. And um, the cost of, of, uh, of doing a hunted a day ranch, even though it may not be a whole season hunting experience, you can at least get your meat down and get your meat in your freezer for a lot less. So uh, another thing that Michael is really experienced in is hunting public land. Is that right? Yes, I hunt uh, Granger Lake uh, public hunting land. And mm-hmm. uh, it, uh, for the requirements for that is a super combo, which is $68.00. And for the public hunting permit, it's uh, forty eight dollars. Forty eight, okay. And that's still a heck of a lot cheaper than a than a deer hunting lease. Right, exactly. And there's what kind of opportunities are there? There's hogs. There, there's uh, archery and crossbow only for hogs. Uh, there's you can hunt rabbits and squirrels. Uh, you can hunt uh, waterfowl. Oh yeah. And they have a every uh, before every deer season they have a, a lottery draw. Uh, I mean take take your chances on that but <laughs> right. uh, yeah i've put in for three years and have yet to get drawn but it, it, it's an opportunity i mean right. you, if, if you have nowhere else to go i mean it you get you got to take your chances especially being a budget hunter right and there are public land opportunities all over the state you can certainly learn more about that in the uh, texas parks and wildlife website and learn about the public hunting land in your area here in texas or elsewhere and um because this podcast goes worldwide and i love it and um you know but i was going to say between public land hunting whether if it's just for squirrels or rabbits or um or for you know wild hogs with a crossbow or a compound bow um or a day hunt ranch like db hunting ranch and i'll put the the link to db hunting ranch in the show notes you basically you know are looking for opportunities that get you out into the field and get some meat in the freezer that don't cost a mint to do so because I mean, what's an average hunting lease these days? Two thousand to you know five thousand dollars. You I, know, I haven't even looked at for, it for the season lease. And I just there are a lot of us that just don't have the kind of money to invest in that kind of stuff. There are a lot of hunters that do, but I mean, the 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 way that I look at it is is if it's about putting meat in the freezer and maybe an occasional trophy on the wall, you know, it's not a bad idea to invest in looking at a day hunt ranch or a public hunting opportunity for sure. So um, one of the things that Michael knows me well for is finding affordable hunting land. Uh, I've hunted two properties and I've taken him to one of those properties, um, that I basically have bartered and traded with the actual, um, uh, landowners to take care of their properties, do a little bit of side work for them. And they let me hunt there for free. Michael's been a part of helping me with one of those, um, one of those, uh, properties. And, uh, you want to say anything about that? Well, it was a, it was a great property. I've learned a lot. I learned about, you know, bartering and, and, and working, you know, spending less, uh, and, and it's, uh, the perfect, uh, two bird with one stone opportunity. Sure. She gets help, you know, mowing her grass, cutting firewood, uh, doing little chores around the house. You get to fill your, you know, you get to have a place to hunt for the fall and, and fill your freezer. Right. And I even wrote an ebook about this. You can find on Amazon or you can find on my website at dustinsprojects.com on urban bow hunting. These were two urban spots. One was a five acre lease, uh, not lease, five acre land, uh, land uh lot and then the other one was about a two acre land lot and uh both of them had homes on them both of them people lived on and uh i hunted in their back property basically and uh it was a lot of fun and uh shot a fair amount of deer over the years there and that's just one example of finding affordable hunting property in texas which is kind of a hard thing to do sometimes yeah and i took the knowledge uh from from that fall and used it the next fall, I end up getting a place out there in Andice, Texas, just uh, north of Georgetown, and uh, I helped a lady out there in Andice and end up uh, 
got to hunt on her place in the fall and and i even did a, a turkey hunt in the spring and i got a nice gobbler out there in, in the spring and then i went out there in the fall and and harvested a, an old mature doe later on that fall so uh yeah what dustin taught me out there at that that urban property uh definitely helped me uh further my uh my budget hunter experience <laughs> and i and i and i used it and, and it works i mean you save a lot of money and you get a freezer full of meat if if you know how to do it right. Right. And it takes a little bit of practice and skill. And like I say, that's what I talk about in the Urban Bow Hunting book um, about hunting small property for big game. But, you know, that's that's just a, a trial, a challenge, you know, just trial and error kind of thing. So that's something that I, uh, that I really enjoy teaching people about if they can find that in their area. Because you'd be surprised at what hunting opportunities are right underneath your nose that you just may not even think about because you may be concentrated on just having to spend $5,000 on a big lease or $2,000 on a season lease or whatever the case may be. Yeah, and and there's I mean there's places in Texas that are are really big trophy hunting counties like U Valley, uh, Williamson County is probably not what you would consider a trophy hunting uh, county. But, but to go out to Lano, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like the deer capital of Texas. Yeah, and we're not far yeah, from there. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it it's meat, you know, and 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 these deer are sitting right in your backyard, and these people are waiting for play, you know, for people to come out here and and help them with some chores and right. You know, and, and, and like you said, do you want to go, you know, do you want to go way out to Lano or Lampasas or do you want to take a five minute drive down the street? Right. You know, or a 15 minute drive from home in the case of mine. So, I mean, there the are opportunities of people you can network with in church, people you can network with, you know, through your work, you know, stuff like that. Just definitely networking is not only for business is what I say in the article. And, um, you know, there's definitely opportunities you can score big on, uh, on hunting land. If you, uh, if you just know how to kind of, you know, be nice and be polite and take care of the landowner's land and, um, those kind of things, we don't have to pay through the nose on something that, uh, that, uh, cost a mint, you know, versus something that you can go to closer from home, you know, and something that, uh, that is a little bit better deal in the pocketbook too. So, uh, another thing I had talked about in this article that I will talk about on this podcast is affordable hunting gear. Michael, have you ever been to an army surplus shop? I have not. You're missing out. <laughs> I'm telling you, um, one of the places that I and I'm getting ready to take Michael back to my um, to my room where I keep all my knives and guns and stuff like that and show him a couple of examples. There's a couple of retailers online that carry some really inexpensive hunting knives. Uh, skinning knives, uh, Bowie knives, and that kind of stuff, like a $10 Bowie knife. And one of those companies that I buy from re- uh, a lot of times is BudK.com. It's B-U-D-K.com. They carry a lot of, like, $10 Bowie knives. You can find these kind of deals and, and more at uh, a retail store like an Army Surplus store, Army Navy Surplus store. We live close to Fort Hood here where I'm at in Central Texas. We're about an hour away. And the streets are lined with Army Surplus stores there. And, I mean, they represent a great value because you can buy things like water canteens, which I've used hundreds of times. I've got a picture of them on my screen here, Michael. Oh yeah, I've got um, two two that I use there, and then a big, a big, uh, large one. And uh, I carry them in my truck with me. They're a great way to carry a bottle of water. 
um, without you just getting tap water and, and putting it under the sink and you're not having to spend a lot of money on bottled water. That's just one example of saving money that I do. Especially in Texas, uh, early season hunting, you got dove, you got dove season coming up here in what, like a week or two weeks. Right. From when we're put, when we release this podcast, dove season should be here. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So, uh, and then you got your, your, you know, early bow season isn't exactly the coolest time, right. of, time of the year. Either. So you definitely want to keep hydrated. Right. And so, you know, you can spend a few bucks on a, on a reusable canteen that you can take as long as you don't get it near any heat, heat surfaces at all. It'll last you for a lifetime. Um, they're made out of a real pot, you know, really uh, strong roto molded plastic um, that you can use and uh, you can put ice in them or anything like that and uh, do a lot of stuff with them. Uh, they're just, they're great. You can find them on consignment a lot of places. You can find them on, um, you know, for sale at your general Army Navy surplus stores that you can find in your own area near your hometown. So. Um, they're great places also to find boots. I found boots at, uh, army Navy surplus stores. I found, um, knives. I own a couple of Bowie knives I found for less than 20 bucks. They're like $80 hunting knives. You can find pretty cheap. I find flashlights. You can find, uh, just, there's so many different things that you can, uh, purchase, uh, at an army Navy surplus store clothing. You can get, uh, carbon suits, you know, kind of like scent lock suits, but the, just the, the carbon army suits that they have. Um, there's just all kinds of different places that you can go in an army surplus store to find hunting gear. And a lot of them carry hunting gear these days too. So I thought you might have a little of experience there, but I guess not. That's okay. And, and it's funny cause my dad was in the military and my uncle was in the military. So I, you would think that I would have visited a military surplus store, but I, <laughs> I just haven't yet. The, the, the pure simple thing about it is a military gear is built for combat ready situations. And if it's built for those kind of extreme situations and conditions, they're going to work great for hunting. So that's one reason why I use things like military canteens and those kind of things. And I get a lot of strange looks sometimes when I'm at a bow shoot and I pull out my military canteen and take a drink, but I mean, they're durable. You can use them for you know years and years and years and they don't wear out on you as long as you don't get a hole in it or, or burn it or something like that so that's just a good example of really where to find some good budget hunting gear as an army navy surplus store when they're giving you dirty looks you're quenching your thirst and they're still thirsty that's right that's exactly <laughs> right thank you michael <laughs> very good point um so another thing i was going to talk about is when you ask for your birthday gifts or your christmas gifts ask for gift certificates to where uh Retail. Retail stores, yeah. Because if you're looking to buy something you can only find in a retail store or only find online at a Cabela's or a Bass Pro or a Gander Mountain or you know a place like that, a good way to save up with them is to ask for gift cards for those places and different places uh, that you go shopping, and you can save up really quick and get and get that. I'll even take a Walmart gift card just, yeah. be, just because a lot of your Walmarts have a, a sporting goods section. And, good old and, Walmart. And like we just explained – February, March, That's they're right. getting all that stuff out of the store. It's a perfect time to look at. Another place you can look at is like garage sales. Um, there are not a ton of, of good finds at garage sales, but if you're going to garage sales anyway with your wife or she wants to go pick around and you know kick around a garage sale, that's not a place bad place to look for. I've, um, I've done that. You've done that? Have you found some hunting gear at a garage sale? I've actually found duck, <laughs> I found duck decoys. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I've even seen uh, yard sales up north where uh, people have sold firearms in their, in their yard sales. Yeah, I've run across some stuff like that too. Yeah, that's crazy. 
But, I mean, that's not a bad idea, you know, just keeping out. And also Craigslist. I mean, I know a lot of people have bad experience with Craigslist or, you know, if they've gotten ripped off or whatever before by a car you bought or something like that. I buy a lot of stuff off Craigslist, and uh, I've never really had a bad experience with it. I just kind of vet out the person that's selling it first, whether that be a used bow. That's where I bought my used bow from was Craigslist. Um uh, a couple of used guns that I found, I found off of Craigslist back when they still listed, you were allowed to list guns um, and those kind of things before they kind of cracked down on that. But, um, you know, those are not bad places, even your your local newspaper. But I'd say Craigslist is a place to really watch, especially for hunting gear, people that are getting out of hunting. That wasn't the case of me. That was the case for my uh, experience with uh, bow hunting. When I first got into bow hunting, I had a guy that sold me all of his bow and, bow and equipment and everything like that for 200 bucks for everything. I mean, the broadheads, the arrows, the what whole nine yards. He was trying to get out of bow hunting. He wanted to go sit in a blind and uh, and gun hunt for the rest of his life. And that's what he, he just he just sold me all everything for 200 bucks. It was a great deal. So you just have to know how to look for those deals. And the more you do this kind of stuff, you, you get savvy with doing it. And you'll learn how to look for a deal even better you know, in the future. I was also going to mention a um, a good budget hunting uh, flashlight. There are a lot of guys that look for flashlights online, and one of my friends that owns this company is varmintlights.com. And um, that's a really good – I'm going to show Michael what one of these flashlights look like in a minute after we get done with this podcast. But um, they're a really good high-quality green, red, or white hunting light. And if you need regular general navigation lights to uh, to go around and look for things, you know, they make a good VRLX, which is a, like a small bow mounted light that you can take and use for general navigation with a wide led hmm. they use cree leds which is really cool and then the green light gets out to 250 yards and the red light gets out to about 150 yards and they're made with they're the same body that you've probably seen other flashlights in but they are uh high quality inner components and if you're like me if you watch any of my hunting videos you know i don't like to return stuff i don't it's a pain in the butt to, to try to return things and um and have to deal with warranty exchanges and those kind of things these are really high quality lights i've never had a problem with them and and it's like we say and i talk about this in the article you either pay for something once and you pay a little bit of a premium and that's okay or you buy the quality of 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 lesser quality and you pay for it over and over and over again so there's some places you want to splurge in hunting and i think flashlights are one of those i think optics is another one um that you don't want to just go for budget just to save the money because you're probably going to be buying it over and over again yeah yeah, don't go cheap on your scopes. Don't go cheap on your scopes. Don't go cheap on your flashlights. Don't go cheap on, you know, things like that. But, you know, look for a deal. You know, that's all it really boils down to. Yeah. So, you know, it's just all about that. There are a lot of pawn shops that carry hunting stuff. Did you know that? Yeah. Uh, actually, I found, I've found i found hunting stuff at Goodwill and Salvation Army before. Oh, I didn't even think about those. I, I've actually guess. found that's great. And, I, of course, <laughs> I threw it in the basket. Yeah. <laughs> You've recently sent me a text message the other day because Michael and I are friends. We text each other all the time. Um, you sent me a text message of a of a ground blind that you found for like ten bucks at Walmart or something. Like uh, that, wasn't it? It was actually it was a, a ten dollar uh, ground blind that it was a kind of like a a Goodwill, but it was a, a Taylor Texas version. It was a different okay. name. It was a different name. But anyways, my wife went in. Was actually went in there. I was just sitting in the truck. Uh, and uh, she came back out and she's like, "Hey, there's a there's a ground blind in there for ten bucks." And, and of course, <laughs> I, I, of course, I took off the seatbelt and, and ran in there and and, <laughs> and bought that thing. But <laughs> stay here with the kids, honey. I'm going to go buy something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. 
And and what we say in hunting is that, you know, it's not the cheapest sport that you can get into. And everybody knows that. I mean, but for the yield that you get from hunting, you get meat, you get memories, you get trophies in some cases, you get uh, satisfaction of going out and, and earning your own, you know, meat uh, for the freezer. There's so much. Wouldn't you agree, Michael? Yeah, yeah. All that that you just explained. Uh, and my son, he's getting up to the age, so I'm going to have to start doing some bargain, sh- bargain shopping for uh, – for him, for youth clothes and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, for youth sure. clothes and youth sure. youth gear because uh, he's going to go out there and, like you said, it's a uh, it's about the memories, it's about the meat, it's about you know saving money. You know, y- you got a hobby. You like let's let's be honest, it's a hobby. Sure. And you know you're you're wanting to get meat, but you're also wanting you you spend money. It's a hobby, right? And and you want to save as much money doing that hobby so you can buy other gear. Exactly. And the money that you save will be put to good use. I yeah. mean, we will always find something that you can do with the money that you save. That's not easy, whether it's in the hunting realm or whether it's not in the hunting realm. But since hunting season is upon us, I figured this would be a perfect time to get together and do a podcast on this because this is something near and dear to my heart. I'm not saying I'm a cheapskate, but I'm saying that, you know, I love to hunt. I love to do it, but I also don't love to spend, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars on, on my hunting gear if I can get something that's durable and quality. And that's the, the, the whole thing. I want to want to bring this back to just because it's inexpensive does not mean it's not of high quality. I'll give my my you know water canteens a good a good example of that again because um, you can you can save money and still get things of very high quality. You just have to know where to look. Yeah, and uh, when you uh, like I said when when you buy or you go a little cheaper on some things, you have the money to if you want to you can buy other sure. other gear that has a little bit more. You can go more for your dollar is what I'm trying right, to say. Right, I agree. I agree. And stretch that dollar a little bit. No, that's 100% right. So thanks so much for joining us. Do you want to say anything else, Michael? Uh, no, just uh, good luck to everybody out there that's that's going hunting during the 2016 season. Stay safe and uh, good luck. Have fun out there. Thanks so much. Well, that was a fun conversation, as all the conversations that I like to have on this podcast usually are. And um, what a fun time to talk about hunting on a budget right before hunting season or right as hunting season starts and uh we recorded this a couple of weeks before it released and uh we're really gearing up and excited about the 2016 hunting season and uh getting our hunting licenses and everything like that together and having a good time this season so in the show notes i've put a couple of different uh links actually a few different links um in this case and I linked to DB Hunting Ranch, which is the uh, ranch that we talked about on the podcast, uh, the Day Hunt Ranch, Grim River Broadheads, uh, BudK.com, um, Hunting Flashlights with VarmentLights.com. And then a couple that I didn't mention on the podcast would be uh, for firearms and accessories that's cheaper than dirt. They're a Texas company here in Texas. They're a Texas company, and they have a lot of really good firearms and accessories. Also, Sportsman's Guide is one place I shop for a lot of deals, and they have stuff on clearance all the time. Uh, and they have a great catalog that they will mail out to your house as well, I believe. And then I buy a lot of my military surplus ammunition from Ammunition to Go. I, when I say military surplus ammunition, I just mean ammunition for my military surplus guns in this case. Uh, I like to shoot Silver Bear, which is a brand that you can't really find at your general sporting goods store. So I have to go um, other places to find it. And uh, AmmunitionToGo.com is one of the places where I go. And then the last one I have listed is the discount online retailer called HuntingAndFishingSuperstore.com. 
and these guys have a ton of really awesome outdoor industry items um, gear apparel hunting accessories fishing accessories all kinds of different things and they're a great place i know the owner of the company very well and i've done some writing work in the past in another company that he worked with and um, excited about working with him in the future so the hunting and fishing superstore or hunting and fishing superstore.com would be his web address if you want to get there and do some shopping online at an online retailer that's different from a lot of other online retailers so thank you so much for tuning in listening to this podcast if you would please subscribe to the show and if you think about it please give us a five-star rating on our show so other people can find us in the great world of itunes or wherever you listen to this podcast, however you downloaded it or, um, or streamed it, uh, we'd love that, uh, that exposure and uh, love to get more people listening to the show. So I'm really excited about the direction of the show and the guests that I have on. It is just going to keep on getting better and better. I'm really excited to have you along with the journey um, on this podcast. So thank you so much again for listening. And please, if you have not subscribed to Texas Fishing Game and you're a Texas resident, my goodness, you're missing out. This is an awesome magazine. We have great content every single month of the year and, uh, would really recommend that you check that out. Also check out fishgame.com. We have anything from international news to Texas news to articles and things that I post up there. Uh, under TFNG staff and um, and just a lot of different great contributors to fishgame.com. So definitely check out our website. And thank you so much again for checking us out. Have an awesome day in the outdoors. Mm-hmm.